You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, and there's huge cash prizes up for grabs all the time. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all of the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every single night, and it's really simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's really simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. You assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap, then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its users across all sports, and they're the leader in daily fantasy sports. There's no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That code is THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See at DraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast. We might have to change the name of this podcast eventually to what? What's the Seattle Arena going to be called? Yeah, we're the crap. We might have to just switch teams completely. If 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 Jeff Ward is still the coach at the end of the season, seriously, if Jeff Ward is going to be coaching next season, I, I don't know if I could if I can do it. The Climate Pledge Arena in the Climate Pledge Arena podcast. <laughs> right. In the Global Warming Podcast. Yeah. Podcast. So let's get right into it. Uh listen. Wow. I don't know what it's like on Instagram, but on Twitter, I would say it's 99.999% of the fan base is on the let's get rid of ward uh train. I mean, it seems to be a little. It's there's there's a it's there's a vocal so, minority of people who are still going. Oh, it's not the coach, but it seems to be the overwhelming majority. It's so obvious he is digging a like. He is gets he, tr- he gets worse almost every night, does he not? Like it's it's so bad. Well, it's like I think you were tweeting. Is like is he trying to get fired? Like like it's a, it's, it's it's a it's a circus affairs. <laughs> It's a circus of coaching errors. We'll get into it. We want to break down one by one. But before we do, let's start with the, uh, like you said, there's a, there's a vocal minority. Um, It's, and, you know, I was getting into it a bit with, with Darren Haynes last night. Um, Some people are, are trying to argue that this is the players and not the coach. And trying to specifically argue that it's like the group of players who have been here for a while. They Drew, just don't Kachuk, care. 
they don't care enough. They don't try hard enough. There's no heart. Like that's the argument that we're seeing on the other side of the fence. So we're going to spend a bit of time on this because I think that's fucking bullshit. Not only is it bullshit, but it's so it's not, it's like beyond low resolution. It's like looking at a problem and like not even pinpointing it, but like looking way off into space. It's, yeah. it's not even on the table as a discussion point, as far as I'm concerned, as something that's a real discussion. I 100% agree, and I can't help but think that what it is you have people – look, we're sitting here. We watch the game on our fucking couches, right? And then we get we usually get mad at these players for not trying hard enough. It's like guaranteed these guys are, are doing the best they can on every single night, right? They're not robots. They can't – you know, you've seen it with Sam Bennett as a prime example. He can't play a full regular season the way he does in the playoffs. It's like these guys are, are doing the best they can. But to suggest that this core group doesn't care or they don't hate to lose enough, because that's that seems to be the argument that this comes back to. Even Darren Haynes was going on on this about this last night, um, where you know these this t- these guys, these core group of guys, they don't hate to lose enough, where it really burns. Are you fucking kidding? Are you telling me that? Like, let's start with Johnny Gaudreau, right? He's been the the guy, the fall guy, right? In the last five years, how come Johnny Gaudreau can't win this? Basically, why can't Johnny Gaudreau win this team a championship? Right? Your closest comparison to Johnny Gaudreau is Patrick Kane, is it not? Look at the I, team. I, I, that's fair. Look at the team that Patrick Kane had around him compared to the team that Johnny Gaudreau has around him. No, it's just because Kane really hates losing, man. Like, that's the only reason they want all those cups. So, okay, yeah. Kane hates losing worse than Johnny Gaudreau, right? If Gaudreau just tried a little harder, the Flames would have had three Stanley Cups by now. No problem. And, like, to put this into perspective, we're talking about how how tall is this guy? Five foot seven? One of the smallest guys in the league. You're telling me a five foot... Like, look at the guy in his interviews, man. He's like... He looks like I could just lift him up with one finger. Like he, there's nothing to this guy. You're telling me a guy of that size and stature can make it to the NHL, can put together the career that he's had, which is you're in top five in scoring since entering the league, top five. And you don't, and it's all because, and, and somehow you don't, you're not competitive. You're not competitive enough. enough. You don't hate losing enough. How does this make any sense whatsoever? How is this even a talking point? It's again, like, do you know how hard it is to make the NHL? Like, do you know how (laughs) insanely committed you have to be just to get drafted? (laughs) Let alone be an NHL star and be one of the best five on five scoring players in the league. I'm going to go out and say this. Any fucking individual that plays or is even played one game in the NHL has to be ultra competitive to get to where they are. It is the smallest percentage percentile of players and people that make it to the NHL. Like we are talking, what is it like under, it's definitely under 5% of all people that ever play, obviously. It's like 1% of all people that have ever lived pretty much. Like think about your hometown and think about how many players, how many people have been drafted into the NHL from my hometown. It's like the ratio is minuscule. Like nobody makes it to the NHL. Like 
think about what Johnny Gaudreau had to do. Like anybody who's in the NHL, the, the what they had to do during their their youth and their teenage years, and like the commitment that shit takes. Yep. It's not just some like rinky dink like. You think anybody just makes it? Yeah, you just show up and make it, and then you like. You're telling me people. You're telling me people that don't care are in the NHL right now. (laughs) Right, like Like, give your fucking head a shake. It makes absolutely no sense. Like, especially when they then they start throwing out like, oh, back in the back in the '80s, they cared. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you're telling me (laughs) those guys who were probably banged up every single night they were playing. How much easier was it to make the NHL in the '80s? Dude, it's like not like, it's look, a, it's look at the lack of talent. Like, just go back and look, just watch some highlights of the 80s. And obviously, there's some really good talent, but look at the lack of talent, too. <laughs> so, it's just like it's not even, I can't even believe we have to break this down for people. Like, you're in the one percent of compet of people who are competitive already. If you're like even like in the stratosphere of professional sports, and then to actually make it and be successful in the sport, you're in like the one percent of the one percent. So, like, Dude. I can't stand this 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 thing. Like, no, he doesn't it's, hate yeah. to lose. Like, it's a, absurd. Yeah, it's a absolutely ridiculous take. And like, now, even with Geo, like, if Mark work, Giordano he, worked Mark Giordano, one ounce work harder, harder. <laughs> he would drop dead. You know how more of you know how much more effective he would be if he didn't work. Like if he just toned it down as far, like if he worked a little smarter instead of harder, but he can't, he's not wired that way. That's why we love him. If he worked less hard, he'd probably be better. Like you're telling me, you're telling me Matthew Kachuk isn't one of the most competitive, hardest working people on planet earth. No, this court, this court doesn't care enough, man. What are you talking about? You're telling me a guy like Sean Monaghan, look, as much shit as he gets, it's just who he is. He's hot and cold. He's streaky. He's a guy that lurks in the weeds, and then he, you know, he can turn the he can turn a game around with one shot. Like that's who he is. That's what we've seen from him. Well, and again, like I kind of keep even coming. a guy like even a guy like him, you don't get yeah. to where you are. He's already set how many franchise records already, right? Just because you don't care it is fucking ridiculous. And I mean, the other thing is too is like, okay, when did this stop? When did they stop caring? Because I mean. Gaudreau's rookie year, they were one of the worst teams in the league by all metrics, and they managed to somehow make the playoffs and win around because what was the what was the uh, identity of that team? Like they just worked their asses off. So like they they cared then. Then somewhere along the line they stopped caring. <laughs> then they win the Western Conference and have an incredible year. They must have cared then, I guess. And then I guess last year they stopped carrying. It's like this this argument holds no weight if you think like, about it for more than one second. And it's it's stupid. It's like if you don't win as a professional athlete, you don't care. Right? Like think right? about it's Jerome like, McGinley, right? Like think how, how rare it is to win a championship, really, in professional sports, unless well, your name's Tom Brady. Right? Like, and I don't understand why this group of players, I think it maybe happens a bit in Toronto with like Matthews and Nylander too. Um, and Marner, but it seems like this group of players gets crushed for this. It's the core guys because they don't give a shit thing. Like, do, do the call, does the McKinnon Landiscog core in, in, in Colorado not give a shit because they've won jack shit in six years? Like, does McDavid and Dry Settle, they don't care because like they've done nothing? Like, why is this just localized? Why is this a localized phenomenon to like Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monham, Mark Giordano? I don't get it. Why is the common denominator of this always come back to 
if the team isn't good enough to win a championship, it must mean they don't care. No, it's because they're not. The team is not good enough to win a championship, to win a playoff round. It comes back to the team. It comes back to the general manager. Make the team better. The other, like, what has Johnny? What has Bradtree Living done to help Johnny Goudreau in the last five years that Johnny Goudreau has been on this team? What has he done to help Johnny Goudreau? get to that next level. Like if, if Johnny Gaudreau is the problem, right? If you're one of these media guys, Eric Francis, sounds like Darren Haynes, like whoever you want to, you know, it's like, and you look at the failure at the end of the season, which is, you know, they can't win a playoff round or whatever it is. Can't get past round two. It's because they don't care enough. Johnny Gaudreau doesn't have enough heart. You got to bring in guys like Lucic, you know, that know how to win the playoffs. Lucic hates to lose, man. It wasn't because he was on an insane Boston team led by Marchand, Bergeron, and Chara. It was because he hates to lose. But I mean, like, if you really break down the past playoff, the best playoffs that we've seen, right? And you, you have basically Johnny and Monty driving the bus before Chucky ever came along. Like, that was it. You had Johnny and Monty. And if they weren't outscoring the other team in the playoffs... You weren't winning games. Yes. Isn't that isn't that still the case though? It's still the case. And the point is, what has Brad Tree Living done to help Johnny Gaudreau? He's playing with fucking Dominic Simone and Brett Ritchie. Eleven games, twelve games into the season. Is this a solution? Well, you nailed it. It's like, why do we expect Johnny Gaudreau himself to win us a championship? Like, this is the part of the argument I've never really understood. Well, if he, like, if he cared more, he could do it. Right. I, that's true. You know, if you just, you know. If he worked harder. If he worked if he, out a little bit more in the summer. If he wasn't such a pussy, he could, he could win an entire championship, by, just like Patrick Kane did, all by himself. Like, it's so fucking dumb. Like, I, like I, compared to Jerome McGinley, because there's a good comparison. Two guys who are very different in how they're perceived, right? Gaudreau and McGinley. Like, would anybody ever question Jerome's work ethic or give a shit meter or whatever you want to say, like, I mean, would you look back at those Calgary flames team and say, Oh, if Jerome McGinley just cared more, this team would have won. Or would you say, no, the fucking GM pissed away Jerome McGinley's career and never bought him in the adequate help that he needed. Like, I think most people would fall into the latter part of that argument. Yep. We're sitting in the same, in the same boat now. Yeah. Tell me what, what, who, what, how has Bradtree living, Helped Johnny Gaudreau in the last five years. And I just don't understand why this is all on Gaudreau and Monaghan because, like, obviously, like, we said this in the playoffs. It's like, obviously, they're not good enough, the two of them, to lead this team. Like, I don't understand why we are asking two guys to, like, lead us to a championship. Like, just these two. And I guess Kachuk now, too. You know, and like... They, and if they're not good enough, if their skill set literally isn't good enough, you take you over the edge, then it's their fault. It's their fault because they don't care. Like, I mean, like, again... a fucking break. It makes, like, that makes no sense. It's so dumb. Like, again, like, did anybody, when the St. Louis Blues turned things around, was it because guys like Tarasenko and Angelo they started caring more? Or was it because <laughs> they got a coach mm. who got the best out of them and added a legitimate top center like Ryan O'Reilly and another guy like Tyler Bozak, like they added to their team. Like, which sounds more realistic? No, they started giving a shit. Was it they, because... They, they just, they, you know, it was, they, they woke up dumb. one day, looked in the mirror, they looked in the mirror yeah, and started to give a shit. 
and started yeah, to hate to happened. lose more. Yep. It's just so dumb. Like, same with, like, Washington, right? Like, is it, did Ovi just all of a sudden, that like, that year, Ovi really committed to not wanting to lose? Like, give well, me a break. That, before that, he didn't care about not losing. Or was he, it because they hired Barry Trotz, who's awesome? The best, and helped the, best, the best goal scorer in the history of the world. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't hate to lose enough. Like, it's just He, so he got stupid. to where he was because he wasn't competitive enough. Right. I yeah. Like, this narrative needs to disappear because it's For, forever. It's absolutely absurd. These it's totally players, absurd. These players that play in this league and the and the ones that are the best of the best, they care more than you know some of these deadbeat writers will ever fucking know. Exactly. And it's the one percent of the one percent. You're at home sitting on your couch, me too, saying, Look at this fucking loser. What a loser. He doesn't guy- care. This guy doesn't care. Pass me my fucking cheese. <laughs> and like, like, at what point do these writers realize that Bradtree Living has had five years to get Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan a top six caliber winger and still hasn't done it? He lucked out with Elias Lindholm, and now the head coach has separated him from that pairing. Well, yeah, and I mean... <laughs> Again, like I hate to always bring up comparisons, but I mean, I look at what the Avalanche have done over the same, like you forget how awful the Colorado Avalanche were when Nathan McKinnon was in like his, him and Gaudreau have been in the league almost the exact same time frame. McKinnon one more year. Like they had a historically shit season. Um, I think it was McKinnon's second or third year there. Like one of the worst <laughs> on record last place. ever. Like they had like 48 points in the whole season in 82 games. And, like, I don't recall anybody saying, man, if only Nathan McKinnon gave a shit more, they, the Colorado Avalanche could really do something. No, they, like, got a good coach. They rebuilt their roster. They started adding to their team. <laughs> it's just, it's so dumb. I just so... don't get it. Like, again, like, who has Bradshaw Living truly brought in for this team? And, again, like, People are always like, oh, it can't just be the coach. No, but I mean, like, it's it's not simply a coaching problem, but there is a coaching problem. Yeah. Like, you can't and, and tell me – you can't tell me – you can't look at what the team did in 2018, 2019 and just write that off as a fluke. Like, they, they were – like, I just don't understand. Yeah. There's an aspect of the player that is at fault, but it's not because – they don't have a big enough heart. They don't care enough. They're yeah, not exactly. Enough. Like, what I happened, have no problem happened, sitting here saying, like, the team isn't good enough or, like, Johnny Gaudreau isn't good enough to be your best player or whatever. But, I mean, the it's just because he doesn't care thing. Like, that – let's end that, please. Jesus Christ. It's ridiculous. What What is really happening is you're, what you're seeing is the, the fine line of success in the most competitive – hockey league in the entire world with the absolute best players in the entire world, the amount of skill, the amount of talent in this league, the line of success is very narrow. So you can't, you literally, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Yeah. Always. And if that weakest link is your head coach, you're kind of fucked. And so in this situation, where are these writers and like, come on, 
are these writers ever going to question Jeff Ward? They're just sitting there defending him. Did anybody ask last night about like, did anybody even say, hey, what was your thought process behind putting Dominic Simone back on the top line? Like, is anybody going to ask? I guess not. What was your thought process on uh, electing to go with your, your worst five-on-five skater in Yoki Nordstrom pairing him up with Kachucky? Was that was that trying to get Chucky a spark? Exactly. Like just ask. And coming back to this point, it's like, at what point did these guys start writing about potentially there's a management issue? Like, I get it. The GM's role is just as hard as the players. Well, not actually just as hard, but it's it has its own challenges. It's hard too. But why do you think we've been harping about a top six guy for the last three years? Right. And like people it's have been yeah. If you want to go to the next level, look, we've identified it. Johnny and Monty are not good enough to win you X amount of playoff rounds. They need support. They need help. Milan Lucic is not the solution. <laughs> Joachim Nordstrom is not the solution. Dominic Simone is not the solution. James Neal, also not the solution. You need a top six caliber guy. End of story. Without that, like you're looking at what we got. And Jeff Ward is just taking what we have and running into the ground. So what you are seeing, look, there's an aspect of the players that becomes at fault because right now they're not buying what Jeff Ward is selling. We've talked about this before. When you, these guys are smart, not only are they the best players in the world, you don't become the best players in the world because you don't know anything about hockey. These guys know more about hockey than okay, grade five the elementary guy, teacher. The guys that play in the NHL know more about hockey than the guys that, that manage in the NHL, unless you're like Stevie Y and Joe Sackick, right? So when they see these decisions that Jeff Ward is making, even if it's on the subconscious level, they know that they're the wrong decisions. And when enough of the, you can get by with a few mistakes here and there. Everybody's, everybody does it, right? Nobody's perfect. But when it's night in and night out, the wrong decisions, the wrong decisions. No, no, that, no, that's not working. Eventually it starts to wear on the mindset of the players. And then what happens is you don't buy in, meaning you don't believe in the system. So it doesn't matter how fucking much, like, and then, you try, then you realize if you're just going to work harder, it's not going to work. It's not going to fix the problem, right? If, if you strip this back, the issue is with the system that this, this coach is rolling out and all of his personnel decisions. So how's working hard going to fix that? Like working hard, this is why they go up and down, the yo-yo. They can't make any traction because the foundation of it all is flawed, so if they're going to work hard, if they're going to have a team meeting and Jeff Ward's going to spout off about giving a shit, whatever, you're going to see what one or two games of, of a better result. But with, with, a, with a foundation that's flawed, it doesn't matter what changes they make on the surface. You got to get to the heart of it. I don't see how Brad True Living can sit up there in the press box, see all these decisions that Jeff Ward's making and be like, yeah, this, this makes sense to me. I'm, I'm behind this. I like losing. I like getting embarrassed. Yeah, maybe Brad Living should give a shit more about losing. 
Maybe Seriously. Maybe, maybe Jeff Ward. But I think that's like, the crux of this, right? Like working harder at something that's not working is stupid. Yeah. I mean, if only they worked a little harder, hey? Like if I go out in the middle of a field okay. and start digging a hole straight down, I can work my ass off. It doesn't make it any less stupid and like, pointless. You can't break out of your own end. You can't get through the neutral zone and you can't retrieve the puck after you dump it in, but it's because you're not working hard enough. Every single time you can't get out of your end. If you worked harder at, you know, coming up the one side of the wall in the breakout where there's three guys, maybe, you know, you can break out one or two more times out of 20. Well, even the fact that even if your system like is like, let's say, okay, they're playing this chip and chase, like the, uh, a lot of puck retrieval, like you said, there's diminishing returns on that because like you can't just always, it's just work harder, just work harder. That's it. Like, okay. Well, like you said, maybe that gets you a good performance in one or two more games, but over a long ass season, no, like, you know what it's like when you're at a job and it's like terrible management and terrible structure and you have a meeting and it's like, Oh, if you, you, you specifically just need to work harder. Right. And you like get yep. shit on for not working hard. Like, Think about how frustrating and annoying that is. That's what's happening here. That's what's that's, happening. That's why you, people that have low resolution thinking look to the players and say, oh, they're not, they're not, they don't have a big enough heart. They don't care enough. It's fucking absurd. That's why we'll open up this, this, this episode with, you know, talking about how, how much it takes to get to where these players are. And the only way you can get there is if, if you are a rock star. Right. That's it. So <laughs> to sit here and point the finger at them and say, it's their fault. Like it's, it's, it just makes no sense. I mean, go through history. How many players stand out of like, Oh, that guy never cared. Right. Like, <laughs> like this is a narrative that's, that's been, that's been tried and tested, to, you know, since time memorial. Right. Yeah. Good guys like Alexia Yash. And what team did he have? I love how it's like, if you can't win a championship on your own, you don't care enough. Like this is the, le- this is the low resolution thinking that we're, that we're left with here. Oh yeah. And it's like, again, like I just keep bringing it back to like this Jerome again, the thing it's like the dude like had <laughs> like, you're telling me you can look at a guy like that and it's, Oh, he doesn't care. Like, and it's not the team's fault. Like, again, try to rack your brain for in sports, professional sports. Is there a legitimate example of a guy who didn't give a shit and had an extended successful career? What were the name? The three outside of Kiprasov, name the three best players that Jerome played with. <laughs> um, Dion Phaneuf. Alex Tangay. Alex Tangay. And like, I don't know. Craig maybe, Conroy. Maybe Damon Lankow. Damon Lankow. Like, that's it. Regeer, exactly. Like it takes a team. It takes a fucking team to win. Look at Chicago Blackhawks. Even look at the old four season when we went to the finals. Was Jerome winning every single game? No, he won a handful of them. But fuck, that team was dialed right in. Like there was magic happening. Everybody was contributing. Why? They obviously believed in the system that the coach was selling and it was working. The thing is, is that any, listen, any system can work. It just depends on 
the makeup of players that you have for the makeup of players that the flames had that system that Daryl Sutter X like laid out was fucking perfect. And you saw how effective it was in that in that run. You're seeing the opposite here with Jeff Ward. And if it's working, then the players can buy in and believe even more. And it's going to look like they're working harder. It's going to look like they care more. It's because they believe you're seeing the opposite here. If the system isn't working and you're just telling them, you just got to work harder guys at the system that doesn't work for you. It's like, no wonder it looks like they're disengaged. They don't fucking believe they're at a loss of what they're supposed to do. They, they know that they can't fix the system by themselves. So eventually they just start, stop, stop believing in it. And then it looks like they're giving up. They're just, what they're giving up on is the system, the coach. And this well, all happens on a very subtle level, right? And if you're low resolution thinking, you're going to say, there's no heart. Like and, and what, what we keep coming back to just blows my mind is like, how are the, how do all these writers and journalists Nobody talks about 1819 when you finish first in the conference with the 21st, <laughs> 21st best save percentage in the league. You had shitty goaltending and you won first in the conference, but nobody ever talks about it in terms of, you know, there was something good happening there. They just <laughs> write it off as like a fluke. Like how, like what? There that was, was something a full, there. That, listen, if it was a shortened season, maybe it's a fluke. Probably not. That was a full season. You finished first. Dude, you were only behind Tampa Bay. And no one ever talks about it. Nobody the ever only, even the, mentions it. The only mention that that season gets is that style of play didn't work. Because look, look what happened in the playoffs. <laughs> Try being a scoring team, you know, it doesn't work. Dude, I, just, I would, I, I wouldn't be working hard under this, man. I wouldn't be able to. Like, dude, how could even you? If it's on a, even if it's on a subconscious level, you know that you're playing a losing game. Well, you can't, even, buy, you can't buy in. Even system wise aside, like imagine you're Sam Bennett. How the fuck can you buy in right now? Dude, basically, Jeff, like, I don't know where Jeff learned this approach. You're either in the shit house or the penthouse, and there's nothing in between. You're either on the top. If you're Dominic Simone, you're either playing on the top line. And I guess there's, I guess there's, you know, is Johnny Money the top line or is Chucky Little on the top line? Whatever. They're both the top line. You're either playing on the top line or you're out of the lineup. And look, last night, Dominic Simone turnover on his very first shift leads to a goal. And he's gone for the rest of the game. Pentos, shithouse. That's it. Who's up Sam, next? Sam Bennett. Oh, this, this is a real fucked up one. He's in the penthouse and he actually scores some goals, then gets sent to the shithouse. So it's like, how do you read this if you're a player? Okay, we're all, like, I'm either in the penthouse or the shithouse, but if I do well in the penthouse, I get back to the shithouse. And if I don't do well, depending on the player, Joachim Nordstrom seems to be able to, and Milan Lucic, the amount of ice time these guys get when they make mistakes. This is my point. If you're a player, even on a subconscious level, 
you can't buy into this, man. Like the amount of, like you, like you said, it's a circus of errors. You telling me the players don't like they're, they're just too busy playing the game. They don't recognize what's going on. You're telling me a guy as intelligent and as a guy as um, invested in hockey culture and brewed and steeped in hockey culture as Matthew Kachuk doesn't know what's going on. You think he doesn't know? Tell me a guy like Johnny Gaudreau that, you know, sees and computes the game, you know, as fast as a guy like Connor McDavid does. Doesn't fit, doesn't understand what's going on behind the bench. You think he likes playing with uh, Dominic Simone and then Brett Ritchie? Simone, Simone. (laughs) (laughs) Not even surprised. eh? Like I, I tweeted last night. If, if you were to tell me, the start of the season, Brett Ritchie would be playing with Sean and Johnny. I wouldn't even be surprised. You called it. It's like, yeah, okay, Elias Lindholm only scored like 50 goals in in like whatever, 100 and whatever games with, with those guys. But let's never put him with, with Gaudreau Monahan ever again, eh? Like, jeez. No. The, the 3M, line, 3M line last year was one of the best lines in hockey, but let's break that up. Yeah, let's put Backlund with Lucic. Let's let's get into the circus of errors that we see in just one game. And the thing is that's funny is like it almost goes beyond just being like mistakes. It's like it's this I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like this this to me is why it's so amateur hour and just like cuz it's just like it's like comes back to this weird hunch stubborn hunch shit, right? It's like the thing it's not even a mistake because he's like doing it consciously, right? Well, it's not a hunch if you're doing it because you want it to work. Right? It's like, oh, like you said, I'm going to have Dominic Simone go from not playing for 20 games to putting him right back on Johnny and Monty's wing. And like then when he if, when he's out, I'm going to bench him and put the guy who hasn't played an NHL game in a year and a half on their wing. Like, what? I, I just don't get how it's like what we saw last night, that's do- not Dominic Simone's fault. Yeah. That's the head coach's fault. All that... That mistake, that turnover, sits directly on Jeff Ward. Directly. You're not putting this guy in a position to succeed. I love how Tree Living goes out in the offseason and recruits all these guys, and he gets even the team to come and recruit players for him. And they have this weird, like, yeah, we're, you know, this is our plan for you. We're going to put you with, with these guys, blah, blah, blah. And then they just get fucked around. Like, like you imagine at, Josh Lebo. Yeah. <laughs> like you think Austin. he's glad he, glad he took the extra fifty k to come play in Calgary instead of staying in Vancouver, dude. I love how Jeff Ward. Um, well, let's get into this. Let's break down the circus of errors. Yeah. Just this is just one night, one game, buddy, one night. So news comes out. Oh, Jacob Markstrom is the starter again. As soon as that was announced, it was like. No, come on, dude. The guy just faced 40-plus shots. He's been absolutely carrying this team for the last two, three weeks. The amount of workload this guy is forced to deal with on a nightly basis, and you're not going to give him a night off. I like I like how Jeff Ward, <laughs> your MVP, Mark Jacob Marchum has been your MVP. Literally, he's got MVP status. Without him, this team is who knows. I mean, we're 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 dude, we're we're basically one game above 500 with all-star 
unbelievable goaltending performance. Like probably the best goalie in the league this year. Easily. He's carrying your team. Look at the performance that you put in front of him. You played what? 25 minutes out of the last 120 and the rest, you just absolutely let him, you know, try and keep you in a game. And then you reward that with, yeah, we're going to put you out there again. It's unbelievable. Jacob Markstrom was showing signs of fatigue very early on. He looked off from the get-go and it's just like, dude, it's unbelievable. Eric Francis even asked the coach like before the game, you know, you're going with Jeff, uh, with uh, Jacob Markstrom again, you know, are you checking in? Like what's, what's your tactic here? Do you check in with the goalies to, to see where they're at? Like hinting at like, like, is this guy ever going to get a night off? Look at the workload he's, he's being forced to carry here. Oh yeah. You know, like, you know, we check in, uh, you know, the five, the five days off, you know, Makes oh, easier, you mean dude. two weeks ago? That was, dude, that was three and a half weeks ago. <laughs> three and a half weeks ago, he had five days off. And then it's like, oh, yeah, and you know, he's playing his former team. So, <laughs> so Jeff Levo did, Josh Levo didn't play for the Canucks last year because he's been healthy scratch the last two games. So you're playing, you're going to tire him out just because it's his former team. What a farce. So the circus of errors begins with that. Jacob Markstrom, like, you know, there's that one play with, with Tanner Pearson, and then he's he's coming, like, he's making mental errors. Well, I, I uh, pretty obvious. Yeah. The guy I, needs a fucking break. Fuck. A Vancouver writer, Thomas Drance, he writes for The Athletic, he tweeted last night that it was like that he, he had noticed a pattern last year with Markstrom starting to make mental mistakes like that, specifically with like puck handling and stuff when he would be tired. Like, Gee, you know what? We noticed a pattern with that last year with David Riddick. I guess we didn't learn anything, hey? We're in the exact, it's the exact same thing we saw last season. Yeah. The exact same point of the season. You're what, 15, you know, 15-ish games in, and you haven't seen your backup at all. It's just like, you know, David Riddick, is, he's been playing amazing. He was our MVP to start the season last year. And then he starts to show signs of fatigue because he doesn't get a fucking night off. Like well, because they're playing every other night right now. Yeah, and it shows you. I think to me, it, it emphasizes how piss poor um, this system is. And like, because what has pretty much won the Flames any games this year? Incredible goaltending and special teams. That's it. Yep. Those are the two things Jeff Ward is relying on to win any games. So like, he knows that if his All Star netminder isn't in net, his team this system that he has created isn't going to work as well. So like, I think the fact that they've been so reliant on Markstrom and he continues to be reliant on him, even when he shouldn't be is an indictment of his dumb system. And like you're playing your former team. So you're going to play him. Dude, you're playing four game sets. You're playing them 20,000 times this year. What kind of, what kind of like, what are you talking about? guy's an idiot man it's not like you're in florida for the first time and you haven't played them it like jesus christ that's stupid and if that's the case then where's josh levo i like how again penthouse to shithouse josh levo gets this oh he's playing his former team so we're gonna start him in the game the first game in vancouver you know 
don't don't even start his line. Just put him on a different line to start the game. And shortly after that, now you're a healthy scratch. Yeah, the healthy scratch when, when of Josh Lee. When you've been one of the best five-on-five skaters, analytically speaking. It's not even close. In terms of driving quality shots, Josh Levo has been probably in Manji. Like, I think I posted it yesterday. He's, like, secondary to, like, Manjapani. That's it in terms of five-on-five play. Yeah, Manjapani, Backlund, Levo. Those are your top three forwards in terms of expected goal plus minus relative to teammates. Um, yeah, we're not going to play you. We're going to put Dominic Simone in on the top line there. So there's yeah. error number two. Yep. And then how, like, where's Bennett? Dude, like that, like what? Like, again, here's something that cracks me up about these like line combination things is like, what is even the point of trying to find line chemistry when Okay, you reunite that Dubé Bennett Lucci's trio and they're instant have instant chemistry again, and then you just break them up. What is like the point of all this line blending if you're never gonna stick with anything? If you're gonna reunite the trio, reunite the top nine. Like is it, it would it be such a bad decision to put Lindholm back with with Monty and Johnny, give them an actual right winger? And then Dude, is Lindholm is the Lindholm line back together that was like, fucking again, outstanding? Diminishing returns right now. I know everybody's like Lindholm at center. Is he? Is he, like they're they're not playing well five on five. Johnny and Money need a winger. Like I, you're you need a winger so bad. It's time to put Elias Lindholm back on the wing. I think you need a winger more than you need eight centers. Exactly. You still have Sam Bennett, who wanted to play a center. You were like, okay, well we'll play a center. Get up in the fourth line though, because Lias Lindholm's moved to center. You have more than enough centers, and you Look, have like no right hand right wingers. It, it gives you more depth down the middle, and also fucks up the rest of your lineup apparently. Well, again, like depth is one thing, but like what what are you doing with that depth? I don't get it. Like that's the thing. Like I I don't get what's going on here. Like nothing ever seems to be consistent. I don't know what's going on, honestly. Like, what is the point of having a Backland or a Mangiapani Kachuk Lindholm line if you're not going to match lineups? If you're not going to match lines, right? Like, I just don't get it. I don't get what any of these. Like, I, I guess he doesn't have any strategies, but I mean, I just, I just don't get it, man. Dude, his, his strategy is when all else, all else fails, cycle your fourth line players into the top line. That's pretty much it. Like, how can you get? How can you get the, like, I just don't get how you can put these players in such a bad position. Like, could you put Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan with, night. yeah, every single night. Like, every single night. And then just say, we just need to work harder. Like, you're putting the worst players on the team with Gaudreau and Monahan. Johnny and Monty must not care enough because, you know, they can't score goals. With, like, with even the, on, on a, and like, I, you know what? The other thing too is with his dumb, like Mr. Hard-ass, okay, Levo's not playing. Simone gets benched. Dubé gets benched sometimes. It's like, how many times did Milan Lucic turn the puck over earlier in the season that directly led to goals or scoring chances and didn't miss a beat? Dude, him and Joachim Nordstrom were the turnover fucking king and queen. So, like, this favoritism shit, I'm sure, like, like Dominic Simone, like you said, that's on Jeff Ward. Like, yep, 100%. why is Simone playing there in the first place? And then I'm sure, like, that just that series of events where Simone's playing, A, like, okay, playing on the top line, okay, 
<laughs> then he makes a mistake that we're all like, yeah, that's what a fourth liner does is he makes mistakes like that. Then he gets stapled to the bench. It's like, well, wow. Who would have seen that coming other you, than you, everybody? Basically, Jeff Ward's like, you need to learn from my mistake. <laughs> you need to sit on that bench and just think about what I've done. And then the other thing too, that just like keeps blowing my mind is like, what else could you be asking from your top players right now? Like is Dude, Johnny, Johnny Gaudreau right? is off it's to like, the hottest start in years. You know, the people that are on, on the fence of like, Oh, it's the players go on. Jacob no, Mar- they're playing Jacob- unbelievable. Your top players are doing everything. Johnny Gaudreau and Elias Lindholm are both currently top 20 in NHL scoring. I mean, they Chris Tanev and they, Noah Hannafin have top twenty is not good enough. They should be top. They don't care enough. Yeah, Johnny. If Gros they cared more, if they cared more, they'd have more goals than Alex Ovechkin. Chris like, Tanev and Noah Hannafin have been a revelation, even though they struggled the last couple of games. Gio and Anderson are rounding into form. Your bottom pairing has been the best it's been in years. You have the best goaltending in the league. The best goaltending by a goddamn mile in the league. Milan Lucic has found a part of his game. Like he's been great. Uh, you're telling me Andrew Mangiapane couldn't be better? Like, you're again, like you're getting the play. How can you look at these guys individually and say, yeah, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing because they're not working hard enough? Like, what else does Johnny Gaudreau, Jacob Markstrom, Andrew Mangiapane, Elias Lindholm, what do these guys need to do? I mean, that's why we're saying this is low-resolution thinking. It doesn't even make sense. It, it doesn't even apply right now. To me, the, the, the ultimate new red flag is as soon as a coach starts cycling fourth liners with, you know, you're into the top six, to me, that's the new red flag of like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. It, well, like, I'm, we saw with Glenn Gullitson, it did not work for two full seasons. Chase on and Brower nonstop. Yeah. Now we're seeing it again. It's like, yo, it doesn't work. Why? How is this your go-to? Like, why, why, again, why is that the adjustment you're making, right? Like, why is it not, hey, let's put Chuck with Lindholm or with Gaudreau and Monaghan. Like, why isn't that your go-to? This is why. It's just like the players know, man. The smart ones, the best ones, they know. <laughs> like They know that, you know, mixing fourth liners up with them isn't going to bring the best out of your team. Another There's a reason why they're yeah. fourth liners. There's a reason why. Continuing the circus of errors. Why does Connor Mackey not play after putting a really nice performance together? Because he took some some soft ass penalties, I guess. That was stupid. Nestroff sucked last night. So there, there's another little error. Um, do we need to even spend time on the Richie thing? Look, no, we don't. Rich, Richie had a great game for a fourth liner. He executed his role perfectly. Oh. Let's put him with the top. Let's put him in the top six. Again, it's just like, oh my god. Yeah, and it's like we're not shitting on guys like Brett Ritchie. It's like, like you said, they're doing their job, but they shouldn't be playing on the top scoring line. That's stupid. If the coach was doing his job properly, he wouldn't need guys like Brett Ritchie to try and save this club. It's like the reader thing in the playoffs. Tobias, like, he was great in the playoffs, but he should never, ever be playing with Monahan and Gaudreau. Like, that orange of Tobias Reader was every little last drop was squeezed out, and then Ward's trying to get more. Yeah. It's like hammering a fucking 
orange rind on the on the counter. We gotta get this is the solution. We gotta get more out of Tobias Reader. It's like you had you could put together your nuclear line of like Kachuk, no Gaudreau, Monahan. They don't they don't care enough. It's like you have a you have a, a little pyre of, of, uh, trying to start a fire, and you you have a match you can start your fire with. But instead, Jeff is out with like two sticks trying to rub, getting these spark. Oh, I saw a spark. I'm just gonna keep rubbing these two sticks together, and it's little. It's like Jeff, just use a goddamn match. It's right here. It's so stupid. Josh Flevo, you know, poor guy. Eh? He goes from being the you know the third shooter in a shootout. Man, oh man. To the press box. I mean, this is what we're dealing with. It's like, how, if you're a player, what do you, like, do you know what, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, how, like, and then it's like, oh, they don't care enough. Like, how do you yeah. buy into this? Like, you don't, if even you, know, you don't even know where you stand. Listen, like, if you're Josh Levo, you come to camp, you're coming back from a really bad injury. You signed this deal because Brad Shiving said, hey, we're going to give you a chance here. You start you the get, season. You get four seconds with Johnny and Monty. That's yeah. it. I mean, you, you start the season between the top two lines, Johnny Imani, and then with Lindholm and Chuck, put play really well, and then look at the okay. The here's the box. thing: like what's what? his shoot, what's his shooting percentage in the absolute shitter? It's less than five percent. I can tell you that. What was Mangiapane's like four four games ago? Yeah, exactly the same. L- look at the goal Mangiapane scored last night. He was going to miss the net and it goes in off the goalie's skate and goes in. He gets a bounce. That's how shooting percentage works. Prime example. It all evens out. You can't play 90 seconds with Monty and Johnny and base the entire season on that. Like, does this guy not look at analytics? Does he not have a foundational understanding of it? Does he not go to that well? Can he not see that Josh Lee? Look, with what you have, the current structure, if you're not going to go back to Lindholm with those guys, Josh Levo is probably the best bet. Give him more than fucking two seconds. And I don't know. His shooting percentage is obviously zero because he hasn't scored. <laughs> but, I mean, his expected shooting percentage based on his expected goals would be, you know, like this guy is a career, in his career, a 10% shooter, and he's shooting 0% right now. Like, come on. It's That's going to turn around. It's numbers. It's statistics. It's time. It's It's – Whatever you call it, the mean, right? And okay, like, and then systemically, this circus of errors continues. This guy will not change the way this team breaks out. And Vancouver figured it out weeks ago. Dude. And that's what I keep coming back to here is like the Canucks are not playing good. Like, did anybody leave this series going, wow, the Canucks look like they're finally rounding into form? Dude, we are, we, oh man. Or was it more, holy shit, the Flames look terrible. They can't even break out. They literally can't break out. They can't get through the neutral zone. And then they can't retrieve pucks when they dump them in. Vancouver. Sounds like a a recipe for success, eh? All Vancouver has to do is just lock down that one side that Calgary always, for some reason, bottlenecks pucks to. And it's, that's it. Like you even saw it on the 10F turnover goal last night. Um was that who scored that goal? Horvat, I think. The wide open net goal. Tanev, like, they're just trying to break out on the left side. Like, do they know they can use the right side of the ice? Like, what is this? I don't understand. And then it turns into a goal. Like, that's how you're getting crushed. 
The Canucks sure. know what you're doing. The Canucks sure. know you're only trying to break out on one side of the ice. They put three guys there. They grab the puck. They score. Like, I don't know. I don't understand how not one adjustment has been made on that throughout Travis, this four-game series. Travis Green knows. He just has to study 10 games of tape, and you got the Flames figured out. 10 next, games? For, for the next 10 three minutes. Games. Sorry, that's what I meant. 10 minutes. 10 minutes of tape? How many more games we got against them? Okay. Too many. Yeah, we got them figured out. And I mean, like, again, they still haven't figured out how to adjust when a team clogs up the neutral zone. Going back to the Dallas series, Jeff couldn't figure that out. It's pathetic. They still don't attack off the rush anymore. There's no there's no transition game. Like, it's why like, do you think Milan Lucic is, is thriving under this system? Because Jeff has them playing like the 2010 Boston Bruins. Yeah, 100%. And it, th- there's really only a few guys who are good at doing doing that. Lucic is one of them. I would say Dubé is probably suited towards a system that, that relies on like a four-checking kind of like straight lines game. Manjipani. That's it. But that's pretty much it. Like, you're telling me Matthew Kachuk looks like his normal self right now? I love how there's a point in the game where Backlund gets the puck in the neutral zone and then he's at um, <laughs> he's at the blue line. Not our blue line, their blue line. And he dumps it in. It's like, dude, take two steps and, and carry it in. You dumping it in when you can carry it in. And then obviously you can't retrieve it. And then the thing is, <laughs> two seasons ago, you finished first in the conference. Do you think we could break up two seasons ago? Could we attack through the neutral zone? Did we have a rush game? Are we generating chance? Do we have controlled entries? Do we were generating like, like think about how many odd man rushes we were seeing. Have you seen an odd man rush this season? Like maybe one. I've seen one that I can think of off the top of my head. This coach it was like, a, it was because back on toe dragged a guy. Uh, this coach has got to go, but no, players don't care enough. Like even, okay. So the thing going around Warner is Warner was on 960 this morning talking about how it's same old culture, same old stuff. Should the Flames blow it up if they're not a consistent squad? I just, I don't get how people can continue to go to the, like, here's been your coaches for four years. Bob Hartley, Glenn Gullitson, Bill Peters, Jeff Ford. Are any of those guys employed as NHL head coaches right now? No. You need to immediately erase Glenn Gullitson and Jeff Ward from that list. So you basically, you've had Hartley and Peters and then Peters resigned. So you basically, you had Hartley. That's what you're looking at. Really? You're looking at one and a half coaches and you're saying, oh, it's the players. They can't make it work with one and a half coaches. Anybody's going to sit there and argue Glenn Gullitson was a good hire, that Jeff Ward is a good hire. And the other thing is too, like, I just... Has Brad Tree Living not emphasized? Like, that's what I don't understand, right? When this doesn't come back to Tree Living. Because has he not been one of the most, like, vocal general managers on, like, emphasizing the dressing room chemistry and uh, bringing in guys who, you know, don't hate to lose, like Lucic, Tanev. Like, that's why you brought in a guy like Troy Brower. Oh, he knows how to win in the playoffs. Like, come on with this. Like how you win in the playoffs is you're good. I just don't even know what to say at this point. <laughs> like anymore. you have guys like Johnny Monty and then you give them more. Like I just don't, I'm, I'm on Twitter right now and I shouldn't be on here, but it's just like, 
everybody seems to be like, oh, it's just the players are lethargic. It's frustrating that they don't try. The issues go deeper than the system. Again, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here, but like you said, since nobody ever talks about it, how do we just erase the 2018-2019 season from our memory? They, they tried hard that year. Is that That's it? That's the only yeah. reason. They tried they hard. Have, they must have been trying hard that season, and then they, they stopped. It's pretty much the same team, except you have a way better goalie. Like so, Brett Warner is saying that, yeah, there's definitely something going on in the room. Yeah, no shit. Nobody believes in this coach. They don't believe what Ward is selling. When that happens, you start to look disinterested because deep down, you know, you're on a losing path. You think these guys don't like losing? Well, you think Matthew Kachuk, like, again, like I don't know if Warner specifically thinks something happened with the Kachuk thing in this, in this players only meeting. But like, do you think Matthew Kachuk at this point, something's going on with him. Maybe he's injured. I don't know. But do you think he's like looking at this organization and not thinking like, I don't know if I can ever win here. hundred percent, man. This guy knows how to win and he looks at what is going on around him and he knows this is not a winning formula. Yet everybody is pointing in the wrong direction at the, at, in, in terms of what's wrong here. So, yeah, again, disbelief is starting to set in pretty hard with this group. That is why on the surface, it looks like they don't have enough heart. They don't care. They don't believe in what's going on around them. And neither do I. We didn't believe it before the season started. Here we are. What is it, 12 games in? All of our worst concerns are already manifest. Like it just exploded right in our face. So, yeah, there's a problem in the room. It's called your management. It's out to lunch. Well, you have an amateur running the team, a fucking amateur. It's so hilarious because like, again, like, and I'd love to get in, get in there and see like what, cause like what is on the whiteboard? Because like, again, like I, we can only go from what we hear. And the fact that all Jeff Ford ever keeps saying is just compete, try, compete, skate harder, move your feet. Like give a shit. How can you perform? Like, is that's the plan? Like how, if, like you said, no oh, vision, it's, it's cats how- and dogs now, man. Didn't you see the newest Newest analogy? Oh, yeah. What was that? Is something about offense is like a cat or some shit? Here's the new analogy. I, I, I'm thinking maybe, you know, after the, the milk and grocery <laughs> analogy that Brad you're living threw at us. Maybe if these fucking idiots stopped to spend less time coming up with haikus and weird analogies and focus more on tactics, we could win some hockey games here. So here it is. Here, here Offense is like a cat. It comes and goes. Sometimes you lose it for a while and then it comes back basically saying we don't need to worry about offense. You know, all those things that made us successful in, in 1819 where we were the top of one of the top offensive teams in leagues. Eh, that'll come and go. Yeah. It'll we'll come and go. Right. We'll have to work on that. Sometimes you lose, it comes back defense. Yeah. That's, that's your dog. It's loyal. It's always by your side. He's always backing you up. How has this team been defensively, Jeff? I mean, we've said this before. How, if you're looking at the defense in the 1819 season, it's been a hell of a lot better than it has in the last two seasons. Probably because you're you're spending the entire game in the offensive end. You can actually break out. Like, like this team can't break out 
under the current system. They, they cannot can. get out of this. How many times in the first period last night did they turn the puck over with their dumb breakout on the one side? Like they couldn't get out of their own zone. And if they do, they can't control a puck through the neutral zone, which means you're not getting controlled zone entries. And if they happen to do that, they chip it in. And then they only can retrieve it if you have a certain select handful of guys on the ice that can actually execute that. I like how the other day, you know, they're asking Monaghan about, you know, what he needs to do. Yeah, you know, you just got to get bucks in deep and establish a cycle. When have you ever seen Johnny Gaudreau, John Monaghan thrive off of getting pucks in deep and establishing a cycle? The, the fact that Sean Monaghan is saying that's what these guys need to do just, just speaks in volumes that this coach has them playing a system, trying to force a system on them that's not suited for them. And what makes it so, so funny is how blaringly obvious it is that under 1819, that's the thing that the kicker for me, it's like this, this cosmic giggle, man. I can't stop laughing because it's right in your face. What, what works for the, for the group that you have been swept under the rug. We don't ever want to talk about it ever again. It's like, it's, yeah. It's why cat, is it? Why do we not want to ever talk now. about this? Well, we saw what happened. We tried to be a scoring team. We're the only ones who ever talk about it. We talked to it ad nauseum just because nobody else gives a shit about it. Jeff Ward says, oh, you saw what happened when we tried to be a scoring team in 1819. Uh, what? Finishing first in the conference? The yeah, you thing, saw what happened. The other thing, too, that I just wanted to mention is like, okay, not winning, playing this type of ga- game is one thing, but how boring and horrible and oh, like, it's not entertaining. Like, oh, at least if you're going to lose, entertain us. Exactly. It's horrifying. Hey, look, if you want to play this system, trade Johnny Gaudreau. Exactly. Trade Sean Monahan. Get a exactly. bunch of fucking plugs and grinders because that will be more entertaining to watch under the system. It won't That's be exactly nearly right. frustrating. Blow it up. And it's what I said if coming back into the playoffs is like... If you're hell-bent on rolling out this amateur coach that doesn't know how, like, look at the amount of skill this guy has, has no clue how to deal with it. Then get rid of the skill. Just hope to God that you're going to get something back in return. Just might as well get a whole bunch of sutters. Like, can we just, um, you know, here, here's a 10 year plan, right? We're going to colonize the Sutter family some more. (laughs) We're going to start, you know, cloning them. If we have to, we just want, a team completely full of Sutters. We'll get the we'll get Sutters to run the general management. We'll get Sutters to coach the team, and we'll have all the Sutters playing. That might actually be a good team, <laughs> dude. It's just uh, man, it's it's so it's so. I I don't even know what to say at this point because it's so obvious what's wrong. It's so obvious, obvious what could help, and it's so ridiculous that. Nobody sees the problem and they continue to point to this dumb shit that makes no sense and has no anchor in reality. They just need to try harder. It's just because they don't have heart. It's because there's a culture problem. Like, what are you talking about? Like you, (laughs) this is why I can't help. It's so weird. It's like, are we in bizarre world? You finished first in the West. Like again, was there a culture problem that year? Was, was the dressing room bad that year? Was it because they were, there was a, 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 like, it was just a lazy time, fun time in the dressing room that year? Is that why they, like, Dude. what? 
Like, it's I don't the get exact, it. It's the exact same core. The exact same guys. And basically, I mean, it, basically, I guess uh, it was all James Neal's fault, eh? So it's all Neal's fault. And ever since we traded him, we've been way worse. Hmm. What? But it's his fault. Hmm. It's all his fault. Like probably again, like he was, he was probably getting into it with Peters in, in the practice because he saw what was going on. Right? Like he's a pro. Like that's what the other thing that cracks me up about, like how stupid these culture dressing room things actually are. Like, oh, James knew Neil was a locker room cancer. Oh, and we were the best team in the entire Western Conference the year we had a cancer in our lap. But now Lucic is there. They're close, right? The boy, they're all friends now, but we suck. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'll take the I'll take the cancer, please. I'll take the cancer in winning over everybody's buds, and we suck. Thank you very much. That, that that is such a farce, man. Nothing builds chemistry in a room like winning does. Nothing. Exactly. And like maybe there is something to this Kachuk thing. Maybe there was some sort of thing with Kachuk, and he's pissed off. Well, him and Ward kind of squashed it before the game. They were both asked about it indirectly. Yeah, so, like, I know Rhett. Is- and and Ward says, like, Ward said straight up, there's no issue in the room. He said, he basically said, you guys are making it up. So he says, you know, somebody asked him about Kachuk and, like, you know, going over the line and stuff. And Ward says, we don't have any complaints about him. He knows he knows where the line is. And he, it's Ward says, I think all this stuff going on is about him is in the media. It's media driven. He says, in the dressing room, we've, we're not concerned about it. Then they asked Chucky about it. Said, you know, there's been a, a turning point in your season ever since the Muzzin thing. Chucky laughs. Turning point in the season? Come on. He says, that seems like it's pretty media-driven by you guys. So they squashed it. And they did it in such a way that it's just like, yeah, it does sound ridiculous. That's what we thought. I don't know. So, like, again, I get people – I don't get how people are still looking at this. We're 15 game, – we're quarter of the way through the season, and the coach can't even figure out something as simple as line combination. <laughs> um, what do you mean? Like, uh, why don't we call up some more AHL players and put them with Johnny Money? Isn't that going to so, work? So, like, we can sit here and complain about the breakout and, and complain about it rightly, but, I mean, like, the fact that he can't even figure out who is playing with who on a nightly – basis it doesn't inspire much confidence and again like i don't know why no everyone's focused on the, it's they are not trying hard enough and not the the coach can't figure this shit out problem so what's going to happen now because here's where we're at i think a lot of people are starting to figure out that jeff ward is way in over his head yet bradtree living still employs him so as much as this is a, a a Jeff Ward problem, yeah, it is now a Bradtree Living problem. Well, because and if this yeah. guy continues to employ him and drive your team into the ground, that is now your fault, Bradtree Living. Well, it's his fault in the first place because he hasn't interviewed a coach since hiring Bill Peters. No interviews other than Bill Peters. No interviews other than Jeff Ward. He didn't interview anybody, according to all reports. It was those other, were his two guys. The other thing I want to squash is everybody gives Bradtree Living a free free pass because, oh, it's the owner's fault. They don't want to spend money on a coach. Are you telling me if you're the general manager of an NHL team and your goal is to win, is that not the goal? Are you telling me the owners are like, oh, we don't care about winning? Come on. They know winning leads to success. Success leads to money. It's it, like 
they're not idiots. They don't become billionaires because they're fucking idiots. And again, you're telling me you couldn't get Bruce Brudrow here right now. He's sitting on NBC. Like you couldn't get him here for, for pennies on the dollar. Come on. So the Bradford does not get a pass here. Even if there was a situation where the owners were like, no, nah, we don't want to spend any money on a coach whatsoever. We're fine with having an amateur. You're telling me Brad can't sell that. It's like his job is on the line. If you're the coach, if you're the GM and your analysis is, look, we need a coach to, to take us to another level. You're not going to, you're going to be okay with the owners being like, no. Well, it was interesting. Like, I, I'd be putting together PowerPoint presentations on the weekly. Like, I'm selling that either until they tell me to fuck off and get rid of me. Like, because I know if I can't, I can't, like, I don't get how you're like, okay, well, I guess we'll just hope, we'll just hope and pray that it's going to work out with this amateur coach. Yeah, well, and I sent you an article. There's a great, there's a interview with Ryan Pinder and Bradshaw living on the coach's site right now, um, talking about the the four key elements Calgary Flames GM Bradshaw living values in a coach. And I mean, yeah, here's the four. Pissed. Here's the four: authenticity, ability to communicate, ability to inspire, accountability. Sounds like a grade five teacher. Here's the quote: You can be the smartest coach, and you can have the greatest systems. And all those things. But if you can't communicate effectively to your players, you're not going to get very far. Gee, okay, so is here's it, why. Is it, is it one or the other? You just, you can't have both. Eh? That's way too much to ask for. Like nobody, you know, there's no coach out there that is knows his X's and O's and communicates well. With like, that in uh, mind. Terry Trotch doesn't communicate well, hey? Eh? No, he's a bad communicator. He's just really good at systems. But he's only won a Stanley Cup and taken the shitty Islanders to, you know, an East final. And was available um, when we were looking for a coach. But. Exactly. But nah, nah. So with, with, well. with that in mind, and again, remember, Bradshaw Living doesn't get a pass here because he, remember the scouring the earth search for a coach when he hired Glenn Gullitson? <laughs> then he fires him and, and picks up Bill Peters without hire, without interviewing anybody and then does the pretty much almost the same thing with Jeff Ward. So he doesn't get a pass because it's been three strikes or three, three swings at this for Bradtree living. And based on what he says, he values in a coach like that doesn't, that, that he doesn't get a pass. Sorry. No, like, honestly, you always hear this, follow the money, follow the trail. This leads right. This, all this sitting squarely in the lap of Bradtree living, all of it yet. Nobody in the media, you know, that's the players. They don't care enough. The team, the team, if the, the team that is constructed around them isn't good enough because they don't care. It's not because if, it if was they, constructed poorly. It's because they don't care. If they cared more than, than guys like Nordstrom and, you know, Simone, they'd be top six caliber. If Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Mahan cared more, Simone would be a top six caliber player. Now I care. It's, and Eric Francis, again, you're wrong. <laughs> Remember at the start of the season, you said that, that Simone was going to be, be able to play in the top six. Hey, not he played with Crosby. Not, not even close. Played not with Crosby, baby. Close. So if, if, if Matthew Kachuk and, um, you know, Elias Lindholm care more, then Nordstrom could play on their line. If Mark Giordano, you know, if he, if he cared just a little bit more, if Jacob Markstrom cared more, then he could he could play every single he could play fifty six games a season. If Rasmus Anderson hated to lose a little bit more, 
this this team would be Stanley Cup contender, man. Like in in a, in the top five of players that hate to lose, is Chucky not up there? Like in the league? Come Dude, on, is he not one of the most? Com- Again, this guy. Have you ever like listened to him on an interview? Like, if you watch him with the Spit and Chicklets guys, it's him and Brady and and Keith, and it's just like it's almost incredible how much this guy respects hockey and hockey culture and yeah. how steeped he is in hockey culture. This guy was born and bred to play hockey. I you love how like you can't tell me that a team that has Matthew Kachuk on it would be better if they like cared more or something. I love how the media, the same ones driving this narrative of like, oh yeah, Kachuk needs to tone it down are the same ones saying that Kachuk needs to care more. It's like the fuck. Right. It's funny to me that like nobody is ever specific and we should wrap up here because like it feels like we've been going on for four hours. But like, it's funny to me that like, why? Again, nobody's ever specific. It's like, who should care more? Should and what should they care more about? And like, right? Like, like you said, like, did they they cared more in the 2018, 2019 season? Like, they just went on a calendar year where they just gave they hated to lose that year. Just like, that one year. That's just the, that one year, and also like for year, for that year when, when they made when they, the playoffs and went to the second round, they they cared a lot there for sure. The, the only times they've ever cared is when there was a system that suited their skill set. That's the only times they ever cared. Interesting. That must just be a coincidence, right? So my question is, we'll, we'll kind of maybe wrap up on this. Is I'm scared because if you're looking at what's going to happen next, because it seems to be apparent that obviously. Jeff Ward's way over in his head. Like we're not winning under with Jeff Ward. I'm sorry. Dude, it's hilarious. It's depressing. Like Glenn Gulliton makes Glenn Gulliton looks like a Jack Adams candidate compared to what's going on right now with Jeff Ward. Whew. The only chance in hell you have of making the playoffs is hoping that either the, the Oilers or the Jets falter. Like that's your only chance because you're probably going to be middling around 500 under this coaching staff. So it's apparent that Jeff Ward's in the that that's going to, that's not going to change. And if Bradtree living continues to employ him, that means he supports, he supports Jeff Ward. We saw it last year with Bill Peters when Bill Peters changed the system and the team was floundering. He didn't want to get rid of Bill Peters. And then he was gifted an opportunity to get rid of Bill Peters. Like out of nowhere, we were, we were celebrating the fact that Bill Peters was a racist just so our team could be good again. Yet, no, we're going to stick with the amateur. Then the end of the season comes like, okay, well now we've completed the the season. We can finally get a coach now. No, we're going to Brad tree living is supporting this guy. Brad tree living is obviously buying in to what Jeff Ward's, Ward thinks is going to make this team successful. So I don't know where this goes because right now Ward's driving this team to the ground. So therefore, so is Tree Living. He's just as much responsible. Now, because it's, it's COVID and whatever, Brad Tree Living is not getting fired if he is until the end of the season. Because it's just not going to happen mid-season. I would say it's safe to assume the same could be said of Jeff Ward. So if that's the case, is Brad Tree Living going to do nothing? I'm worried that he is going to dismantle some of the players on this team. Obviously, he can't move Chucky. No, like no one in the right mind is doing that. 
I don't think Brad Schilling is stupid enough to get rid of Johnny Gaudreau. We'll go down the lineup. Who's the casualty going to be? It's probably going to be Sean Monahan. Uh, yeah, that's probably your best. Uh, best. Again, like casualty is a really good way to put it because they're going to end up probably trading one of these guys and it's not going to work out. And we're going to all realize, yeah, trading a guy who only scores 30 goals every year because he quote unquote doesn't care enough. Um, it's probably going to be a mistake. So I think this road leads to a mistake is what's going to, it's going to lead to a bad decision. Yeah. That's the point in my opinion. That's the point I'm at because if the head coach doesn't get it and the general manager doesn't get that the head coach doesn't get it, we're in trouble because then they think there's a different problem, which again is going to lead to a bad mistake. It's just inevitable. Well, again, so, not 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 identifying the actual problem and basing your decisions off that is going to lead to <laughs> is going to yeah. lead to trouble. And then what happens is when you misidentify the issue and the problem, you create more problems. So that's why I'm worried because the solution here is pretty damn obvious. And if they're going to go with different solutions, which means dismantling, which means trading guys like John Monahan, like the most prolific goal scorer other than, you know, guys like again, Len Noondike that this organization has grown um when like how many points did Sean Monaghan put up two seasons ago under Bill Peters under a system that suited him I'm worried because I listen maybe you get something better from Monaghan but until you fix the issue it doesn't matter what the fuck you do unless you're gonna build a setter club because <laughs> hey if you're gonna trade Monaghan you might as well bring in some more plugs like honestly because all this skill sitting at Jeff Ward's fingertips is being absolutely squandered. Exactly. And not only is it frustrating, but it's also like when you've been a fan of this team for so long, and I get, I I think people do forget, like there hasn't been a window for this team to be a competitor for like, since I've been alive, a very short one, like the, the post 2004 Aguila era was kind of like the only glimpse I've ever seen of a team being like even in the mix. So like you have to remember how frustrating this is for fans who have been around a while. And like, this has been the most like guys like Gaudreau, Monaghan, Geo, now Markstrom, Kachuk, like this doesn't come around very often. No. Like, and not only is it frustrating, but it's kind of a bummer that we could end up squandering this because of a refusal to just like, you know, identify the real problem. So I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I don't see how this doesn't end poorly if they yep. don't just address the, the root of the issue. And it doesn't seem like they're ready to do that. And like again, said, like, it's not even that difficult. Like, no. get a proper head coach and get some help up front. And you would, like, if you, you signed literally. Tyler Toffoli and hired a Bruce strong Boudreau. coach, Bruce Boudreau, this summer, you'd, I You'd be an overnight contender. Overnight contender. Easily. Like, we're like, sitting here and that's all you need to do. That's it. But instead, you're probably going to end up dismantling. Like you said, this skill only comes around if you're lucky every once in a while. Then you have a window. Yet, for whatever reason, this organization, this management has gone in the reverse direction. No, we have too much skill. We need to be more of a playoff whatever team. 
you bring in guys like Lucic and well, you know, like it's not obviously working. You're not so, even gonna make the playoffs at this rate. No, that's why I'm I'm obviously you know concerned for this season, but I'm I'm at this point I'm starting to become concerned of what next mistake is around the corner, and I'm more concerned for the future.